Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and I am joined again by Mr. Harry Jobson. I am here. And it has been three weeks now. Uh, We did record an episode for last week, but there were some audio issues. It wasn't in sync at all. And also, I just didn't think we did. It was a particularly good record anyway, to be honest. I think probably the best part of last the episode we recorded was we spent about six minutes just talking about Australian cinema and yeah. Harry getting annoyed at me because I hadn't seen all these classics that he's a fan of. Well, um, I feel like they're very important culturally, but that conversation, yeah, look, that's, that's, that's in the past. We live in the present. Yeah. Um, the audio quality yeah. might sound a bit different. It's recording on my end today yeah. um, just because of the mess up we had. So we're just sort of yeah i don't know why because it yeah we'll see how it works this week we are going to be talking about the big short uh and this is sort of a loose tie-in to the upcoming film dumb money which i don't know how from how like harry how up to date are you with like new films like how far in advance do you not Not, besides like unless it's like comic book films which sounds bad but unless it's (laughs) Like, unless it, they are comic book films in which I know 10 years in advance, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not too up to date unless I see the advertisement for it in the cinemas. Like, I didn't know there was an Equalizer for 3 until, like, yesterday. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I don't like the um, Equalizer movies, but I thought, oh. I, I mean, I don't mind them. They're just movies. I'm like, I'm I'm someone who I keep up to date with movies as much as I can, um. But then there's all these films that premiere at film festivals that everybody loves, and I don't know about them until like they come out at film festivals and and they get sort of award like film festival awards and everything. But I try to keep up to date. But I look at people who like predict the Oscars like a year in advance, and half the films they mention, I'm like, I have not even heard of that. You know, like so I I don't keep up i'm not like right on the pulse i don't know about like every movie that is coming out for the calendar year or whatever but we're tying this into a film called dumb money uh which for uh harry you uh, i assume you haven't heard of this film i assume you don't know what i'm talking about at all uh no i have not heard of dumb money basically what it is is it's a film do you remember like a couple years ago there was that wall street thing where people where people were investing in gamestop Oh yeah. In like Oh yeah, what? no, I do know about yeah. I, I do know about this film. Yeah. Well that's what we're tying this into because it, they're both these big short is about the stock market. And so I guess it kind of works. It's kind um, of about the but also market. I do about the housing market. Yeah, but there's like stock yeah. yeah. I, I, we probably should Wolf of Wall Street maybe would have worked better because that's about stocks. But this one I feel like is probably more in tune with that. But anyway, I also wanted to just talk about this film anyway, because I really like it uh that's just put me laying out my thoughts right up front um and you see yeah, we're talking about the big short but i feel like we're also going to talk about adam mckay's career as a whole because i recently this year basically watched every adam mckay film because i hadn't seen many of them wait really the only ones i'd the only ones i'd seen yeah the only ones i'd seen prior to this were the other guys and don't look up it's crazy uh, to me I, to think about you watching one of my favorite cult classic movies, Talladega Nights. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we're going to talk about Adam McKay a bit in this as well. Um, 
to sort of lay my cards out on the table, I'm a very big Adam McKay fan. Yeah. I really like what he does. I know his films aren't to everyone's taste. I've definitely talked to people who hate Adam McKay's style of filmmaking, just the way he makes films. And I, and I like, to a degree, I can understand it. It's just, but I mean, it's interesting how he's progressed as a filmmaker. Uh, the Big Short mm-hmm. sort of being yeah. the crux of that. Because uh, before that, the, I mean, if you've watched any Funny or Die movies or any Gary Sanchez productions, uh, if you know Gary Sanchez, it's the one with the whip and the coffee. They're more often than not, because he's the vice of both companies, an Adam McKay directed yeah. film. Uh, so you've got other guys, Anchorman, Get Hard, Daddy's Home, Talladega Nights, any Step Brothers, yeah. almost all the Will Ferrell classics that are seen as some of the greatest comedies made in the yeah. modern modern time, he, obviously. Um, in the 2000s, yeah. Get Hard, not so much, yeah, Adam but McKay. I, I love Get Hard. Um, and then... In- yeah, he's, Adam McKay's a producer, or so, at least a producer. Like, Adam yeah. McKay just is producing films up the... Because I've got up his Wikipedia page, and there's like 20 films here that he's listed as being a producer on. Yeah. Yeah, Daddy's Home, Holmes and Watson, The Menu, um, Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, you know, The Dictator, Grimsby, Grimsby. Booksmart, you yeah. know, he's all these films. Yeah, so he's very much, and you know, and he also does TV as well. He's got this Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, yeah. Yeah. which and um, Succession, which I finished recently. He's also a credited producer on that. But so Adam McKay really is just everywhere he, yeah. he he's and uh, you know and he he gets around you know he's i remember when james gunn was fired from disney adam mckay was in talks with marvel about taking over guardians of the galaxy 3 which would have been interesting and as much as i like adam mckay i don't think he would have worked with the james gunn script i i think adam mckay would have to write his own script yeah, Adam McKay's got a very interesting career. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, he again. It all sort of his more serious films kicked off with The Big Short, which we obviously we're going to talk about. But I love that film. I watched it for the first time yesterday, actually. And then he kicked, and then mm. he follows up with films like Vice, and then Don't Look Up, which are both also like you can see the progression of. Him still playing into comedy, but becoming a little bit more politically minded instead of just Wolf, yeah. instead of just I know what we'll do. We'll get Will Ferrell and we'll get John C. Riley because they're both curly headed old guys, and we'll have them play <laughs> off each other for an hour and a half. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong. I mean, did you hear great that? Great films, but but yeah. So Adam McKay, he's and I, and I and it was weird watching all because I watched like the bit I watched the Big Short and that sort of. And Vice and his sort of more politically motivated films first. And then I went back to sort of comedy stuff. And I'm like, you can still see sort of the DNA of like sort of political left wing ish yeah. type politics in his I earlier mean, films. And I'm like, oh, tell, tell- it makes sense. I think there is, I, I've definitely seen criticisms of Adam McKay from sort of right wing people being like, oh, he's uh, sort of distorting reality or he's trying to make it look like the right are the bad guys and i'm like i don't think he does to be honest i i i think i think vice you know dick cheney is not a great guy 
uh, by all accounts. But I don't think it portrays him like, oh, he's just the bad guy doing bad guy things. I yeah. think he vice portrays portrays him as like a guy put in a difficult position who made some bad call, you know. But yeah, and I I think a lot of uh yeah right when people are getting upset get upset at adam mckay and even though all he's doing is just bringing up like facts that like about things that happened like there's that uh, post credit scene in vice where um there's like this person's like oh there's like right-wing characters like oh it's it's all liberal you know it's all and and then this other guy's like oh you know it's all this like oh so i'm a yeah. liberal because i understand facts and i'm like well you're not yeah i think that's the um, yeah <laughs> but yeah it's interesting because adam i mean yeah adam mckay i really like what he does it's interesting to watch his i mean just, yeah the big short i think is his best film so i certainly think it's his best work as a director um he won an oscar for adapted screenplay which i think is a very well-deserved win yeah yeah i i don't think Uh, it's his best personally i think his best is the the first anchorman film i but that's because i grew up with those films i grew up watching stepbrothers anchorman the other guys talladega nights like those were my movies yeah although i do think that this is great um just to touch on the big short for a second for p- listeners who may not know, it is about the 2008 housing bubble burst. It's a, the story of the two mm-hmm. men who figured it out beforehand and profited. I'm going to say, I, I'm, maybe I'm just not that smart, but I'm still like a little bit confused on what yeah, the, and how the whole thing works. The amount of times that um, CDOs really fucked me, but Selena Gomez helped with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah the, the and then film... there's the Margot Robbie cameo as well. Oh my lord, you do not have to. Oh, you they didn't have to go do all that, man. <laughs> um... uh, for those who haven't seen The Big Short, um, which I don't know why you listen to this if you haven't, but if you haven't seen it, there's a bit where the film's basically like, all right, and now we're going to have Margot Robbie in a bath explaining how this thing works. Yeah, and then they have um, Selena Gomez fair... playing um, Blackjack and explaining how CDOs work, which is a really great, which, again, this is a thing that I think a lot of people won't like about Adam McKay, is that he just does weird shit with his films. He just, like, sort of breaks the fourth wall. But I'm fine with that. I think it works. You yeah, know? I'm yeah, fine it was a him. lot. But to be honest, when you're explaining things that will go over an audience head, I think that's completely fine. Yeah, you need to spell it out, because it's like, this is complex things that, you know, we're dealing with, you know, um... But yeah, so yeah, it's about the stock, well, the housing crash of 2008. And um, actually, one of my, I, un, at my, at uni last semester, my, one of my lecturers, one of my, like, lecturers, yeah, she basically said, you should go watch this. It's a great film. And, and I'd heard it was a great film. And yeah, it's a great film. It's a great film. But yeah, we've got a, a great ensemble cast. We've got Steve Carell in there, which I love Steve Carell. I think Steve Carell is one of the best. Honestly, probably one of the best actors working. I really, yeah, he's really great in serious love, roles love as well. Um, yeah, he, he, that's true. He's he's like he's a wonderful comedic actor. Like him in Anchorman, he's fantastic in the Anchorman films in that sort of comedic role. Do you want to go to a um, pants, I haven't... So party in my pants? A pants party, <laughs> party with no pants. I I haven't seen I haven't seen a whole lot of the U.S. Office, but I've heard that he's excellent in that, and I'm sure I will think. So. Um, 
but yeah, he sort of also does more serious roles occasionally. I think this is sort of, I think he brings a lot to this role. He brings a real great sort of emotional um, side to the film because a lot of the film is just characters just like talking really fast to each other. But you sort of got Steve Carell in there as sort of the human side of it to sort of bring an emotional core to the film, which I think is really great. Um, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think personally for me, um, some of the standout performances, Christian Bale was great. I think Ryan Gosling, obviously, Brad Pitt as well playing Ben Rickett was great but jeremy strong did an amazing job especially going up against the cast of brad pitt ryan gosling christian bale and steve carell that is so daunting and jeremy strong mm. he played Vinny. i thought he was like a standout i was watching that and i'm like he was so enthralling marissa yeah, Tomei he's in well. like, yeah yeah i mean jeremy strong he's in um succession and he's and he's really good in succession he's he's like the leader of succession he's great in that uh, but i think yeah across the board i think the cast are all really good i think adam mckay is very good at creating really great ensemble casts and they all give great like in um vice i think the cast in vice is great in anchorman all the cast is great you know yeah um i do feel like paul rudd was kind of i kind of wish paul rudd was in the big short as the character because i think he could have been really He's great so in this good in anchorman of- yeah yeah i mean even when it's not a crazy ensemble cast look at the film the other guys like it's what will ferrell mark Wahlberg, and then you got like michael keaton samuel Sam jackson and the rock in like cameos yeah but, um, oh my god it's so so much fun but yeah no um yeah ryan gosling is really great christian bale uh, you know is obviously great i mean i'm not i don't think i'm upset in the apple cup by saying christian bale's a great actor you know he's a bit of a knob but he, he's he's a very good actor uh brad pitt as well also a very good actor yeah i, I just think i'm a bit yeah i just really love the ensemble cast here and, and they all have they they don't none of them sort of like i don't think any of the cast are overshining the rest if if you know what i mean like there's no one who is like overshadowing is the word i should have used like they're all like sort of on an equal peg and it's easy for that to happen when you have people like brad pitt who feels like an actor who would sort of he just has charisma yeah brad pitt's just one of those actors who just has charisma from just everywhere you know like he's he's just sort of like you put brad pitt in something and there's just a certain yeah he just overpowers the film you know and but he doesn't and i I think brad pitt sort of playing against type he's not really sort of the brad pitt he's a very performance it's a very conservative role yeah yeah he's he's very much he's a very he's sort of like a weird uh, like he's sort of a bit of a a bit of a strange bloke you know that's his whole sort of thing is he like he still gets his moral high ground at the end of the day though I wouldn't say this film's a comedy, but it definitely has some, like... I think it genres itself as a comedy. It sort of has flourishes of comedy, but it's not an explicit comedy in a way that Anchorman is. You know, yeah. it's yeah, it's no, a bit it's... more of... It's got a bit more of a serious edge to it. Yeah, it's a... It's, it's comedy comes in the fourth wall break, such as the scene when Selena Gomez is explaining CDOs. She goes, a... a, a artificial cdo or a synthetic cdo which is when i place a bet for 10 i place a bet for 10 million dollars that i'm gonna win there's an 87 percent chance this hand wins against the dealer 
and then two people will place a bet on my bet on the outcome of that bet and then other people will place an a bet on the outcome of their bet and it, it's a chain reaction until you have a million people betting on things that they don't even know what they're betting on it anymore and like yeah. it's all made up and it's all fictional but- yeah it's i think it yeah this film it does not shy away from the negative aspects of this like it's a very like it's quite dark i would say it's because yeah. it's just reality it's just like yeah this is this is pretty terrible and um the film doesn't shy away from that and it doesn't shy away from the fact that a lot of the people involved in this are not great people it doesn't try and make them look cool yeah like it it, it does a really great job in um carrying a tone between having a bit of comedy in there but also and also having an ensemble cast that people will be like oh my god it's a movie about the stock market i want to get into stocks looking at this cast and then just being like yeah this this is a, a very horrible thing is about to happen and you're watching people mm. profit off it like crazy and i want to speak in a second about investment in housing which i know is what the film is about yeah but i just also wanted to mention i was just watching this film it's about an hour and a bit in i'm just watching and i'm sort of they get to a scene where two people are sitting by a pool and i'm watching and i'm like oh my god fucking karen gillen like just came (laughs) out of nowhere i was watching it i'm like yeah i was looking at the cast list and i i was looking at the cast list again because it's it's been a little bit. I mean, I watched it recently, but I was looking at the cast list and I'm like, "Oh, Karen Gillan's in this," and I completely forgot she was in this film for like. I literally said it to um, my roommate who I was watching the film with. I said, "Oh my god, that's Nebula!" I was like, "Oh, cool, Karen Gillan's in this." <laughs> I was like, "That's so sick." I have the biggest crush on Karen. Yeah, Gillen, but like, um, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh my god, that's yeah. awesome." Yeah. I think this film also has a very like looming sense of dread, you know, like it's like we're sort of going towards this inevitable fucking fuck up, you know, we're, yeah, we're moving burst, towards an inevitable, inevitable of... negative conclusion, you know. The, the whole conclusion um, is this is going to destroy the economy and it does. Yeah. For, and it, for a while, it does like the banks a... bail them out. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. And it's, and I'm I really enjoyed those kinds of stories where you're sort of going towards an inevitable like something that's a big a bad thing is going to happen, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And I yeah. really really like that in this film that I, they show that like even though they try to stop it, they just can't like that nothing they they they're not going to be able to stop it. You know, I think that's really really investing yeah i really enjoyed the the way they use the uh just from a filmmaking and editing perspective the way they put quotes in between each time jump um it goes to black and it shows a quote Mm. on the screen and then it'll jump to 2007 or the way it clearly shows you it's 2008 by showing like the iphone and stuff like the first iphone so (laughs) you know that okay it's now 2008 anyone who knows anything Mm. knows that that was when the housing bubble burst and I I think that it's I don't know they, they they do that in a really great way. Also, the fourth wall break scenes with which we have touched on, but for example, when Mark Bomb, which is um, Steve Carell's character, gets up and says like, "It's a zero percent chance that your thing's gonna not gonna fail or whatever," and he gets up and he leaves that conference. Um, and the guy yeah. goes, "Yeah, he actually said that. He actually fucking did that." Like 
And he actually got <laughs> yeah. up in this meeting and said those like, and I'm like, yeah, that's a really good way of like sort of keeping a based on a true story is in like, that's a really great way to do that. I think. Yeah. Again, I think this is part, this is, I really, I'm fine with Adam McKay doing stuff that can sort of pull an audience out and he just straight up has a narrator address the audience. Like I think I'm fine with that. I know that can be very annoying for a lot of people, but I really, I really like that. I'm I'm fine with a film. I'm fine with filmmakers trying new things with the form. Yeah, and um, that's what I liked about the first, and I guess the second Deadpool is like the first Deadpool, <laughs> the, the comic book form had just been you're watching, com- but then it was like, oh, this this is a tie into real world. In the first one, it was really fun. In the second one, it was like. Okay, you're just saying pop culture references for the audience now, which I understand that that's what the character does, but it's not as good as just literally holding, like just telling us, just giving us exposition halfway through the film. Mm. It's been like, oh, by the way, yeah, they've mentioned CDOs a lot. I don't know if you know what that is. This is what it is. We'll have Selena Gomez yeah. explain it. Like, how fun is that? Yeah, I'm. I think again, Adam McKay does this a lot. He did it in Vice, where there's Alfred Molina, and he's like a waiter, and he's talking to these like yeah politicians, and like, oh, here's all these things we can do. Like, you know, there's Guantanamo Bay, and he's explaining what that is. You know, what all these. Yeah. Great, and I'm like, I think that's a great use. First of all, that's a great usage of Alfred Molina and things uh, in a film. Just and I just really like how, yeah, he just. I do kind of appreciate how much Adam McKay clearly doesn't give a fuck. He just makes what he wants to make and he just like does what he wants to do with films. And I really appreciate that in a filmmaker when they just like, fuck it, I'll do what I want. I don't feel, I feel like there aren't as many filmmakers like that now. Like there's still great filmmakers, but there's not as many as I feel, as I kind of wish there were who just do whatever they want, regardless of what people think. Like I think. Um, for all for all the love I have for the MCU, there is a certain degree of like it feels like it does kind of neuter a lot of the filmmakers it gets yeah. involved. Like they get really great filmmakers, but it does sort of yeah yeah no, take I away. absolutely They're, agree. Not there's not it's not like to say the films are poorly directed or anything. It's just like it goes through Guardians a, of the Galaxy. It goes through a filter. Uh, it goes through an MCU filter. Yeah, like James Gunn, I think is a very good director, but the first, certainly I don't think the first Guardians really feels like a James Gunn film in the sense of like, it's kind of a bit more restrained. I think sort of as the Guardians films go on, they start to feel more like a James Gunn film, you know? Yeah. Uh, Multiverse of Madness, I thought was kind of similar with Sam Raimi, but less so because I did feel like um, that film very much did feel like a Sam Raimi film for the most part. So they're sort of, pulling a back a bit away from that now but i do i do like when filmmakers are just will like you know i don't love everything he does but i do kind of appreciate that quentin tarantino is just sort of will, just does what he wants to do with films yeah. um yeah, i don't always like what he does but i i i, I respect it i'm f- i respect filmmakers for going out and trying new things you know we touched on christopher nolan um a little while ago and we didn't. Lo- I didn't love all of his films, but I can respect him for trying new things with his like Tenet. You know, yeah. As much as I don't really care for Tenet, I 
I have to give him some props for trying something new that you don't see. And Adam McKay sort of does that in just, he just, yeah, editing. He does edit it. He, you know, does some crazy ass editing or, yeah. you know, there's like purposeful continuity errors and everything. Like, it's great. I, I, I really, really appreciate what Adam McKay does as a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think that, that, that very much so. Uh, I agree with you where it comes to the, the point of having sort of not have to run the film by anyone. And I quite, because he, he owns his own production company. Well, he's the vice of his own production companies anyway. Um, but like, I, I, I'm a massive Adam McKay fan. Uh, I think. Yeah. But like, I think that's what we've established. Yeah. That we're both big fans. Um, <laughs> I did want to touch on sort of the point of the film is about the housing market and a big moral, um, or the housing bubble burst of 2008 where the banks have to be bailed out. It's all to do with mortgages and stuff. It deals within the roofs of people and a very, very, very sort of, I guess, prominent idea in our, in our country anyway is housing. It's, yeah. So I, I think we're, we're in for another burst. So can't wait for the big short yeah. two. On the point of it, though, is a lot of people... Housing is just a very big political issue at the moment. Um, so to watch yeah, this film, cool. it was quite relevant. I was like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, because I was I did I, one of my business classes last semester. Yeah, we were talking about. Um, yeah, how housing was sort of a we had sort of this thing we had to do like a smaller part of a larger assessment piece. We had a bunch of ethical issues and what there was like things like. Um, should we replace like people who smoke cigarettes? Should we replace give them vapes instead? Which, no, no, because vapes are actually also really bad for you. I don't remember which one I did, but there was like there was one about like the housing crisis. Um, no, I th- no, I think it was like should landlords like increase the rent, like how much rent costs because their mortgage goes or up. something to that effect. Yeah, which no, um, no, and I think it, it's crazy how because i i went on a walk today um just before we started recording and i walked past a house that had just been sold um but it's just like i'm at a point where i'm like when i get my own place it's gonna be expense like uh, the likelihood is i'm not gonna like buy a house i'm gonna get like an apartment or something yeah you know, like rental for something because housing is just ridiculous you know it's it's unbelievable what it is. You know, I'm not yeah. overly familiar with housing costs because I don't have to worry about that yet. But it's like the the the, the way everything is going right now, housing is going to be ridiculously. Exp- but like the time I'm finished uni and everything, like housing costs are going to be so much higher than they are now, and it's going to be oh who knows oh it's gonna well who knows it's, it they're it might. Who knows? We don't know yet. Of course, things could totally change. But it's interesting. It's yeah. yeah, it's not looking good. Um, and I think, yeah, it's interesting because yeah, the Big Short, like the events of that, aren't that didn't take place that long ago in the grand like two thousand eight. You know, like that's like what fifteen, 15 years, years ago. ago. Like yeah. that's that's barely any time at all. You know. Um, 
you know, I mean, it's in it's in it's in my lifetime. Like that happened. You know, it's not. I I wasn't aware of it, I, but like yeah, it it no, occurred though. during my life. But it occurred during my life. You know, it's and it's very interesting to see to watch films at events that occurred during my lifetime yeah. because it's like oh, seeing films about various wars or doc, you know, stuff about nine eleven or anything it's like that. Like I didn't experience any of that, so it's very interesting to watch those because it's like oh that was before my time so i don't have any sort of it's gonna be interesting to watch dumb money because i actively remember dumb money like the yeah i remember i went to like my first day of like of high school for that year what of yeah it was just it was all people were talking about you know one of my friends was like he wanted to get involved he wanted to start investing but he didn't he wasn't like old enough to and by the time he like was able to it wasn't worth it anymore. Like it wasn't, it was barely worth anything. It wasn't worth nearly as much as it was. So it's just like, what's the point, you know, but it's going to be so interesting when we start getting films about major events that occurred during our lifetime. Yeah. You know, like we're going to start getting films about like, I don't know, COVID or something or like the 2020 election, you know, like those kinds of films where it's like, that was a thing that occurred during our lifetime that certainly I remember and it's gonna be so interesting seeing those films because I imagine people you know every sort of generation gets those kinds of films you know where it's like oh I remember where I was during insert event or whatever you know and it's like it's gonna be very interesting to see when we when they start making films about stuff that happened during our times that we remember you know when we were younger yeah um but yeah, it's the, the big shot. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's quite uh, not good, not good uh, nah. because of the. But great film, great. Um, film. It's 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 a really great film. Don't get me wrong. I think it's, and I and I think and again, Adam McK- that's another Adam McKay thing. You know, with Vice, it's you know it's the same with Dick Cheney when he was vice president. Same with Don't Look Up, which was about climate change. Um, I don't know if you're aware of what his next film is. I imagine you probably don't. But like, basically, uh, for those who don't know, Adam McKay's next film is called Average Height, Average Build. Um, and it's going to star Robert Pattinson as the lead, I believe. And it's going to be about this guy who he becomes like the president or something. And he wants to like legalize murder or something like that. Like, I got to find what it said because it was something to that effect um but another adam mckay film that was in development that i don't know if it's gonna happen anymore it's called um bad blood uh basically bad blood it was they made a tv show called the dropout recently which is uh, of what i've got the same thing was about a woman named elizabeth holmes who created a biotech company for like blood tests um and then it turned out it was all bullshit she was just lying got a lot of like I gotta find how much money she got, but basically she, basically yeah, tricked people into giving her a ton of money for this investment that was bullshit, and that wasn't gonna work at all. Like, because basically how blood tests work is that you you have a blood test and then it takes ages for you to find out the results, but this yeah. uh, technology basically would tell you like immediately what the results were which would be a whole thing. But then it turned out that, oh, it wasn't uh, true. It was all a bunch of shit. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. And it, it, 
was yeah not real and they did make a tv show with amanda seyfried last year so they might not make the film anymore because the tv show has done it but yeah exactly so you know and it's very much that does sit that's very in fitting with adam mckay's style you know he takes films about real events or something real going on like climate change with don't look up and you know he brings a, a sort of comedic edge to it but on sort of the backdrop of a very, a very serious issue in the housing market you know it's yeah it's very depressing to watch how because like people like are aware like well because like it's what is it steve carell's character who no it's Christ, christian bale's character figures it out yeah and then is it steve carell as well who gets in who finds out and he gets involved like there's a few people who get involved yeah there's the to two try and who work with brad pitt's character steve carell gets involved with ryan gosling's character who also figures it out i i just think it's a very great film you know it, it and it and it is able to balance tone really well like it never i don't in that like the comedy sort of doesn't overpower the film like it never to me it doesn't feel like when when like when it's meant to be a serious moment it's like it like is a serious moment it doesn't have like sort of comedy to sort of brighten it up or anything it's like no this is a serious moment you need to take this seriously you know and i think some films are sort of they have problems with that where they don't let serious moments breathe yeah no i agree i i i i can't stop comparing it in my head to the wolf of wall street uh which is valid they're very prominent high cast margot robbie stock market films i i find like wolf of <laughs> yeah. wall street is just 110 miles per hour all the time all guns blazing go 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 whereas this one it gives you those seconds to breathe there are seconds of just there there's like a 30 second scene where it's just pure silence mm. um they're showing like clips it's like a the transition to 2008 right after the burst i believe it is <laughs> and it's just quiet and you're like okay cool all right cool. it's it's yeah. very very much a film that i could watch at any given time and not feel like i need i need the time to watch it does that make sense like yeah it, um... it's not gonna take my day and this film is like over two hours long, but it doesn't feel two hours. Like it uses that runtime effectively, which I think is very important. Yeah, because I just th- yeah think I think a lot of films are too long for no for, for just sort of for arbitrary reasons. They're like, oh, I need a film need should be needs to be this long, and I'm just like, no, it doesn't. Uh, but I think this film uses its two hour runtime very effectively, and I don't think it wastes time with what it's doing. It's it's um. Which is good because I, I, yeah, I, absolutely, that's fine. <laughs> um, I it, it it works well. I reckon personally, I give it a seven or an eight. Maybe I reckon I give it an eight. I really enjoy this film. Yeah, I, I give it an eight out of ten as well. I, I, I was when I was watching it, I was like, is this a nine? But I'm like, no, I've seen better movies, and, and, and that's basic that's basically how i look at it i'm like well it's a good film it's a very good film for a lot of it but it's not i've seen better films but yeah but it's, it's 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 adam it's my favorite adam mckay film i 
I really enjoy it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he makes next because I really like what he does. Yeah, and that he seems to just be putting all his films on streaming now, which on Netflix or Apple TV or which makes which it easier Apple for us. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I, I don't think we've got much else to say on on the big short. Yeah, no, it, it was a big shot, and it worked. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, apologies if the audio quality sounds a bit different. Uh, it's just, you know, changes. And um, Harry was recording this week, so it might sound a little bit different. But next week, oh, it's if everything works out, next week's episode should be a real good one because Harry's been very, very adamant. Not, I don't know if adamant's the word. Harry's very, very keen to talk about what we're going to talk about next week um, yeah because he's a very very big fan and i am too and i haven't watched them in ages so i i'm interested to see if my feelings hold up so thank you all for listening to this week's episode uh check out all the previous episodes that we have done and i will see you all in the next one goodbye